The Closing Time Podcast is back, sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. I'm Joe Aguirre. I'll have a brand new co-host, Sanam Salati, who's my broker, my mentor, and my good friend, and one of the most knowledgeable people in Connecticut in the entire real estate industry. We're going to be talking about the latest goings-on. We'll keep you up to date on the market, and we're going to bring on some really great guests all throughout this season, people in all different fields in the industry, like accountants, home inspectors, mortgage reps, and so much more just to give you a better understanding of the Connecticut real estate market. We're so excited for a brand new season of the Closing Time Podcast, part of the CMG Podcast Network. It's sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. Go see Heidi and Glenn Parchman to file your taxes for bookkeeping, business advice, real estate investments, or whatever your accounting needs are, including cryptocurrency. Just visit RockyHillAccountants.com. We'll see you all season long on the Closing Time Podcast. The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs. I'm your host, Big Jace, as always, joined by Joe Guire and Jared Jones. And we got a big, big, big fight tonight. But before we get into that, let's recap what happened last week, starting off in the octagon as Derek Brunson won a unanimous decision, got the unanimous decision win over Kevin Holland. Joe, you're shaking your head. We all picked Kevin Holland, right? And- yes. The, Kevin Holland missed a golden opportunity to really make his presence felt in the middleweight division. This was a very winnable fight for him. I think he plays around too much. Uh, he, he was yelling at oh, Khabib during the fight. I mean, yeah. you know, I know he's a talker, but I don't know. There, there comes a time where I guess the difference between Khabib and Kevin Holland is Khabib can run his mouth and still win a fight. Oh, that's it. That's the big difference. <laughs> that's there's probably others, but them, to me, that's notable. You, you know, you. This is a big step backwards for him. He's going to need to come back. He's going to need to win at least two fights just to get back in contention. Coming off a five five and 2020. Dude, this guy was like poised to really be a factor in the middleweight division, and instead, psh, back of the line, buddy. We'll see you in twenty twenty one. I think it's worse than that. I think it's uh, it's like uh, Oz slipping back behind the curtain and wanting to get his power back. You know, it's fine if you're Floyd Mayweather and you're fifty and zero, but if you act like this and you're Kevin Holland and this is your first big shot, the people that didn't like you. They're going to dislike you worse after that performance. And the people who liked you, your fans that were rooting for you, you didn't look like you took this seriously, dude. You're, you're, you like offended the people who like you and the people who don't like you, and you're just not going to have any fans. And if you can't win all of your fights, not having any fans is going to be really bad for you. Mm-hmm. This was way worse than a loss because you lost, you lost me. I wanted you to win, and you lost me. 
You know, I was I was a fan and you lost me because at some point I wanted you to get angry and take it seriously. I seen a kid in an amateur fight once grinning every time he got hit. He'd look at the kid, stick his chin out and grin. I don't know if he thought shrugging and waving and grinning was like points that you get in boxing or something. But it's not. Those aren't those are worthless when it comes to the scoring. And even most most of the times that it does have some kind of effect, it gets worse for you. So yeah, he took a golden opportunity and not only did he fail, but he failed miserably and lost people that liked him in the process. I don't Am I terribly interested in seeing him fight again? You're an exciting fighter to watch, but that was so frustrating. That was so frustrating. You got to get in there and take it seriously at some point. I went in against a kid once and started shucking a little bit, a little Philly set, and he hit me with an overhand right that I birds and stuff. You know, and I was like, oh, that's right. I'm in a fight. And that's what should have happened. You changed, you changed my whole mentality, started taking things seriously. If I want to win and survive this fight, I'm going to have to change some things. And he never did that. It just never clicked for him. You know, also interesting from this, I mean, I mentioned him yelling to Khabib during the fight. He was asking Khabib what he should be doing with Brunson. Uh, was also talking to Dana. And apparently that didn't, that's not playing well with Dana. Uh, Dana White really is not pleased with Kevin Holland, isn't pleased with the way Kevin Holland um, approached this fight. And obviously, again, you know, Dana put this guy in a position to get a big win here over a, a great fighter in, in Derek Brunson. I mean, this this is, he's one of those like ultimate gatekeepers. A win over Brunson, dude, really to me propels him right to the top. And, and again, this is a major, major step backwards I love Kevin Holland. I love guys that run their mouths. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw the meme uh, of of uh, Khabib live streaming the pay-per-view while sitting with Dana. Did you guys see that? You know, Dana's like, I'm going to prosecute everybody. Khabib was literally <laughs> sitting with Dana live streaming to his website. Nobody said anything and nobody went to jail. Um, so when Dana, when Dana likes you, you're 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 in a good spot. And and again, I think for Kevin Holland, I mean, not only as you said, Jared, did you alienate your fans? You gave people who don't like you more reason to not like you, and you rankled the big guy. They're like really bad on all fronts for Kevin Holland. You could have just lost. He gets knocked out with a Ben Askren, Jorge Masvidal running jump knee to the face. Right off the rip, it's better for him. Like, that would have been better than, than this. Yeah. That would have been better than this. I, I like, you You can't. Derek Brunson, he's a great fighter. But he's, a, he, like you said, Joe, he's the ultimate gatekeeper. You can't be a for, uh, you can't be a future champion if you're losing to Derek Brunson. And I, right. I like Derek Brunson. But, uh, yeah, you just can't. But uh, where does Kevin Holland go from here? What where's the fight? What where do both these guys go from here? We talked. We have actually been talking a lot about Kevin Holland, but Derek Brunson plays that gatekeeper. Does he go? Does he continue being that gatekeeper, or does he move on and find someone higher up in the rankings? Joe. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I guess as I'm sort of looking at the fights that are now being made, right, Chandler and. Um, 
uh, Oliveira, right, for the belt. Um, it, obviously, Gaethje's got to have a fight at some point. Poirier's going to have to fight. You know, again, these are guys Kevin Holland should have been getting ready to match up with. And now this could very well be Derek Brunson. Um, um, Brunson's a middleweight, Joe. This is middleweights. Oh, lightweights. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. My no, bad. I get it. My I mean, bad. when you're talking crap to, to the uh, lightweight champion, I guess. Uh, again, you know. Right on, right on. My bad. I think, I, are, I think the same. The answer is the same for both, though. Neither one of these guys is dynamic enough, right, to compete at the highest level. If Kevin Holland, if somebody can take you and do the same thing to you over and over and over again, and there's nothing you can do about it, you can't drill that with a light heavyweight and figure out how to get a like find a way to that I can't just do the same. You see these guys do something. There was a girl fight. I wish I could remember who she was, but she she's getting into the clinch and then she's going into the, um, kind of into the guillotine, but then flipping over into like a half crucifix. And it happened 45 seconds into the first round, 30 seconds into the second round, 40 seconds into the third round. Every round, she took a little time, then got in this position, and there was nothing the other girl could do, and that's what it was. If Derek Brunson can't compete at the top of the game, if you can't finish this fight, you've got a guy where you want him for 15 minutes. Khabib puts a guy in a position he wants him in for 15 seconds, wrap it up. You had a guy there for 12, 13 minutes and couldn't get the finish, and Holland couldn't do anything to get away from it. Neither one of you guys is dynamic enough to, to mess with these top guys. The guys at the top of the division, you don't want that. Neither one of them. Yeah, I, well, Neither do I. No like, for Brunson, I mean, I, I think this is, uh, now that I'm back in the right division, you know, again, this is a, <laughs> this is a spot where, I mean, uh, you know, it, it seems like he's going to be the odd man out, right? Um, <laughs> uh, Till and Vittori, Whitaker. Uh, Dillian uh, White. Yeah. Right. There's 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 a lot going on. I just I just feel like there there might not necessarily be a spot really here for Brunson, at least in the because again, he's not not a dynamic fighter. No, he's not yeah. a dynamic fighter. He's you know, so so he's certainly earned his chance to get a big fight here. And and you know, if he can win a big fight against one of these guys, certainly would put him in line for a, a, a championship shot. But I just don't know where he fits into all this. I, I don't think anybody was thinking Brunson was going to win this fight. How does it shake out? It was going to be Kevin Holland was going to win. How do we, and how do we start? Does when does he get out of yeah. Sonya? You know, so th there, there was a, I, again, I think Kevin Holland blew it. I mean, not only for himself, but like in Dana's mind, the way the division was going to play out. Because well, let's be honest, these... another Whitaker Adesanya, nobody wants to see it. He doesn't want to fight Vittori. Get it? I got it. So where are we at? Well, that's, these that's guys, I feel thought. like Khabib has proven you can uh, win fights and win fans. Um, Gagey has proven you can lose fights and win, win fans. Uh, what Holland did out there was lose fight, lose the fight, and lose the fans. I don't, you don't see a lot of that at that level. You know, I need you to be exciting or win the fight. 
And to just do neither and never look like you're ever going to do either. Like this was a failure on every level for Holland. Yeah. And if I didn't see him fight again, I would be okay with that. You've got to find a way to beat this style of fighter. Jace called him the gatekeeper. That's a perfect role. That's, that's very well said. And uh, if you can't get past that guy and you are thoroughly dominated by that guy, while you're laughing and joking, dude, you were you look like a junior high school kid out there. Honestly, this was like elementary school. I just got in trouble, but I'm still going to act like it's funny, even though my dad's going to whip me when I get home. <laughs> still on it. Still on one. Totally dude, that. Stop. That's totally, that's totally the vibe I got. <laughs> that, totally, that nails the vibe completely. Yes. Going to the principal's office. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move in. And there was the principal over there shaking his head on Khabib's live stream. <laughs> uh, all right. Going from the disappointment of Holland, <laughs> let's talk about an up-and-comer who did work as – Virgil Ortiz Jr. TKOs Maurice Hooker in the seventh round. Jared, this is your boy. I'm going to let you go. Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw. Young chin. He took a girl. He's not always going to take punches like that. But, oh, my God, this is a ferocious puncher. This guy's got the chin. He's everything I told you he was a year or two ago. This guy, this is the next guy. And Mo Hooker. I said, I don't like matchups like this where they take a guy I really, really like and pit him against a guy I really, really like. But if this wasn't, and I hate, I, Joe, I told you this over the weekend, I hate comparing these young guys to the older guys. But if this isn't like Hagler Hearn-ish, if, if Maurice Hooker isn't our modern-day Tommy Hitman Hearns, then we do not have one. He's long, he's strong, and there is too much dog in him. If you hit him, he's going to try to hit you back, whether it's in his best interest or not. Both of these were winnable fights for Mo Hooker, but there's too much dog in him. And this Virgil Ortiz Jr. kid, keep an eye on him, man. This is this is the proto. This is the next. Um, I had said uh, Ortiz by KO in the sixth, so I was – Felt pretty good about that. Back on track. Uh, and look, Maurice Hooker, a former champion. And that's all Ortiz has been facing of late. Former champions. You got to like that from a young guy. And obviously, look, he's passing all the tests so far so good. I'm not saying he's ready for Bud Crawford. Although, after the fight, Mr. Ortiz did suggest that's where he's headed. Uh, maybe Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman. Maybe that would be a good next fight. Let's get him up one more level. Let's see where he's at. I think if he passes the test, then let's talk about the big showdown uh, and where Virgil Ortiz Jr. goes from here. But uh, to me, Jared, you've been hyping this guy up for a long time, and he couldn't have made you look any better. I mean, he couldn't have made you <laughs> look right. any better, dude. He went out there and he took care. He did what Kevin Holland didn't do. He went out. Mm. He took care of business. Check, check. What's next? That's 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 the way that's what your mentality's got to be here. You go in there, you know, again, I talk about the the Justin Gaethje, I want to be the most entertaining fighter. I hate that. I say Khabib's 30 and all because K Khabib just wants to win. Khabib goes in there, he's going to smash you and that's it, right? You're going to lose at some point. If if you're if you're in there like thinking about anything other than winning, 
I think I don't think you're going to win. I think you're making it infinitely more difficult to win if you have anything else on your mind but a win. Or if you have a very specific win in mind, I'm going to knock this guy out. Those well, aren't easy to do. Rap. When you get that rap across the knuckles, you're, oh, oh, all right, I better do something different. To never make the adjustment to like, oh, what I'm doing is going to work. And you're getting stung and stung and stung and like you just never made the attack as my boy Khabib. You're, you're, you're down four rounds to none, dude. And you're still like, when are you going to focus or concentrate? I get that you're kind of a showman, but there's no show here. You need the show. You can, you can win fights, lose fans, lose fights and win fans, win fights and win fans. But this whole lose fights while you're losing fans thing is not going to work out. You're going to have to sell tickets or win fights. And if you can't do either, you got a problem. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see what the future has in store for Ortiz. Who should he be fighting next, though, Jared? Um, Honestly. It has to be for Bell, right? At his age, this isn't going to sound great, but I think he's I think he's ready for any of those guys. I think any of those guys we just named would be great fights and I think I think he's ready. If I'm his handlers, do I throw him in there with Bud? Not just yet. You're right. I want to see Danny Garcia first or but there is one guy I would really love to see this guy in the ring with because Styles make fights and now um, Keith Thurman is kind of long and strong, and that's a little bit uh, of a Mohooker-ish fight, I think. What I'd really like to see from Ortiz Jr., if I'm the matchmaker of the boxing game and I get to pick his next fight's Manny Pacquiao. Stylistically, I love that fight. Damn. Not what not what not thoughts, <laughs> no. I forgot Manny Pacquiao even existed, to be honest with you. Um, that's a great fight, though, stylistically. Think it about it. That's, that's an awesome fight. You know, that's a really good idea. It actually has just been brought to my attention that uh, one of us actually picked Mo Hooker to win this fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> look at Jeremy. That's great. Yeah, I just, I want, I just thought it should be no. Yes, I did pick Mo Hooker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And hey, the way the, fight, the way the fight transpired, you can't, you can't hate on that pick. Really, like I said, this is a winnable fight. If this is a video game, and I'm controlling Mo Hooker, this is a closer fight. Just like the Rivera fight, just like the Jose Rivera fight. If you got to pick what he did, if you can, oh, come here. You know, if you could take that out of him and just control like a video game, you take all the emotion out and all the character out of him and just use his skills and do the next right smartest thing. Those are both very winnable fights for him. I didn't, I didn't hate the pick, but, uh, but man, this Ortiz kid, buzzsaw, buzzsaw. He's not. This isn't going to stop. I. I'll be honest. I think before he gets Pacquiao, it seems like Pacquiao's only picking off the tippity top for people he'll fight or so MMA I, fighters or yeah, fighters. well, whatever all that. Because uh, again, I mean, it, it, look, if Pacquiao's going to get in the ring, it's got to be somebody on his level who's worthwhile. And I, I, I don't mean <laughs> to suggest that this kid's not 
I think Ortiz Jr.'s got to be a Garcia or somebody of that ilk before we could talk about going up one more level. Well, and it's it's more. And than again, you know, hold on. Fight. I listen, and I I don't mean based on his skill set because he's fantastic. I just it's think he's got to put one more big name on the resume, and then we could talk about you know big time super fights and stuff like that. Because he's going to be great. I have no doubt about it. I'm I'm excited to see this kid at some point get in a ring with Bud Crawford. Mm. Yeah. Should be yeah, interesting. But Bud, Bud needs right. real fights. Bud needs some competition at his level. I think this kid, so far, from what I'm seeing now, I don't think this kid could be that kind of special. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've seen it for quite some time here. What do you got there? Crawford, Spence, Sean Porter. Oh, thank you. I'll take it. Sean Porter. I was just kidding. Sean Porter. <laughs> oh, Broner, please. Please, if Broner's active, can we get Broner Ortiz? Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Give Tank Davis a furlough. See what That's I'm saying? What I want. Right. A furlough for Tank Davis. There, there's some pretty, there's some pretty decent guys. I think Ortiz could get next, and the right guy with the right win, and the I think you're definitely talking this level when he's done with it. So this guy just stamped his ticket, and he's on his way. Yep. Yes, sir. Broner, then Pacquiao, uh, Garcia, then Spence. It's gonna. There's, there's two more fights here before. He's on our pound for pound list. This guy's two fights away from making our top ten pound for pound list. Okay, there's okay. a bold prediction. Yes, my man Tony. <laughs> yes, right. yes. Give Tag Davis a furlough. Have him fight Broner too. Same night. Let's get right. a buzz song. <laughs> Uh, I love it, but uh, get Kevin Holland out there talking smack. (laughs) (laughs) Run through these guys, Ortiz. All right, um, going from (laughs) one of Jared's guys who is on his way to the top to one of Jared's guys that is already there. (laughs) But Turbiev gets the no mas victory over Denise. Did not. I don't know. It doesn't matter what his name is, Jared. I mean, it is what we thought it was. I mean, he just dominated. Yeah, I think if I was in his corner, I would have thrown in the towel right around the uh, ring walk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this wasn't close. We didn't think it was going to be. He uh, Actually, you know, Dennis put up a, a decent showing of himself, I want to say. You know, he took some good hard shots. But when I say this pound for pound, uh, Baturbiev is the strongest fighter in the game. Those those punches are different, man. He's doing something different with his hands than other guys are doing. And I just would love to see him fight the caliber. This is, to be honest, Baturbiev and, and uh, Alexander Usyk are, uh, Usyk are two, two of my favorite guys. Fought, a, uh, fought three times in the amateurs. Um, and I thought these are going to be our light heavyweight uh, uh, bricklayers. You know what I'm saying? And um, they both had injury struggles. They both had subpar opponents. And uh, I just, I just want to see that next step. You know, I keep saying Canelo, Canelo, fight Baturbiev, 
and everyone will take my word for how good this guy is. But I don't think that fight's going to happen. I don't think you could make Canelo make that fight. I don't think you could bind and gag him and put him in the ring with that guy. Because he can fight. You would need the right guys is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It, would take, it would take the right dudes to get him in the ring with that guy because he's a good fighter. He can't beat Paterbia, but he'll fight off the guys trying to get him in the ring with him. Look, there are a lot of Caleb's and Caleb's out there that need to be whooped <laughs> in that super. He's he's got he's got things going on, and he needs to he needs to get through all the Caleb's and Caleb's in the in, in boxing before he can do anything else. Um, yeah, this was another great fight. Don't call I, him a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought Paterbia was going to blow this guy out by the fifth. And, I mean, he more or less did. I know it went 10. Uh, Paterbia was also coming off a long layoff. I think this was as much he wanted to get some more ring work in for having been out so long. Um, you're right. Uh, uh, Dean's to his credit certainly uh, didn't embarrass himself in there, at least, you know, until, like, the end. It was it was a beatdown. Um, I, I thought the same thing you did. You could have thrown the towel in on the walk. Um, that, that might've been for the best. This guy's the best in the light heavyweight division. Uh, to me, the, the, the fight to make either, uh, Sergey Kovalev, um, again, just, just, just for the name. I mean, he's a name. Yeah. That's a big fight. We'll watch it. Cause we like it. The better one obviously is Dimitri Bibble, the unification bout we all want and need. Uh, so that's where I'd like to see this go next. My thought is, are we going to get a super fight uh, this early in the end of 2021, or are we getting Kovalev? Um, so I think it's going to come down to you know whether they can work this thing out. Uh, but I'd love to see that unification about hopefully uh, before the year's out. We'll see what happens. There's just nobody there. Yeah, see, I don't I see anybody. This is the problem I have. Is we we I come from an era when we wanted to figure out who the best fighter was. And I look at this pound-for-pound pound rankings, or uh, not pound-for-pound, pound, but rankings from Box Rack. Here's your super middle. Canelo Alvarez. Here's the next guys. Callum Smith, David Benavidez, Billy Joe Saunders, Daniel Jacobs, Caleb Plant. I don't want to see any of those fights for Canelo. Sorry. He'll beat all of those guys. Now I look at Paterbiev. Kovalev, Bivol, Joe Smith Jr., Jesse Hart. Terbiev kills all of those guys. I'm not really interested in seeing any of those fights. He beats up Bivol and Kovalev. If we need to see him put the first loss on Bivol's record, I'm okay with that. But at the end of the day, the only fight I really want to see is the two best guys close to that weight class fighting one another. It's Canelo and Baturbiev, and you guys can keep picking off guys on those lists for, until you retire, and I'm not going to care about your career when you're done. Cause I'll be like, well, there was a guy that was your size that you should have fought. And only one of them wants that fight. It's disturbing. I just, I've been the, the last, Canelo has done something here with the trajectory of his career that I am just not at all happy with. And Baturbiev has had some of the same things, more injury related and not having enough competition that will fight him because he's not the Canelo Alvarez name. But uh, those guys got to fight each other if they want, you know. If Canelo wants my respect, he's got to fight the best guy in his at his weight, and that's Paterbiev. You're both undefeated, and you're both going to stay undefeated if you stay in your weight classes. 
You stay yeah. on that list I just looked at, you're both going to remain undefeated for the remainder of your career, maybe retire that way unless you fight till you're 40, 45. <laughs> fight each other. I, I Baturbian, this is a guy that pe- people need to know this guy. He is a beast. And like, he, like I honestly, with that Lomachenko loss, I think he's eclipsed Lomachenko for that spot for me. Like people need to be – well, also – there's Crawford, but no, like he, like people need to watch this. And also, he's unknowns, a bigger yeah. guy. Yeah, he's also a bigger guy. People drew, drew, a lot of people are sizes when it comes to combat sports, so they're gonna draw to the light heavyweight. So I think people need he needs that dance partner. He uh, Kovlev, as much as it's a name, people people the casuals know Kovlev to some degree. So, but do I, you want to see that fight? No, no, no but like, I think need you that. need no, but you need that as like the passing of the torch of the division. No, I, I get what you I, I get it. I don't want to see it, but I think that's the fight that's gonna be made next and yeah, like it, it. That, that one seems the. I mean, again, because I, I think you're at a point where right guys don't want to lose. Canelo's in Floyd Mayweather mode. Th- yeah. This guy's gonna this guy's gonna fight Caleb's and, and Caleb's until he retires. There, there's no reason at this point for him to 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 move down and go fight one of the Charlos. There, there's no, there's no. All that's gonna happen is he's going to lose a fight, and he doesn't want to do that. And so it's just easier to live where he's living and ride it on out to the end. It's pathetic and it's sad. It's not good for the sport, but I think that's the best we're gonna get. Floydish. Yep. All right. So to me, Paterbiev and Kovalov, while I don't want it, I'll watch it because I think that's it's as good as it's we'll probably going to get. It stinks. Yep. Yeah. But uh, all right, that's going to do it for recaps. But before we move on to current events, here's a little message from Cove Press Media. Red Sox fans have long to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Can you believe it? It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. Fires. Swing and a miss. Strike three. It's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's Obi's Backstop Podcast. Catch it twice a week, every Red Sox series finale on your favorite podcast platform. All right. If you are a Red Sox fan, make sure you check out OB's Backstop Podcast at clovercrestmedia.com. But let's get into some current events. Starting off with crazy March 29th, Tyson versus Holyfield 3. I put a question mark there because I, I don't know. This whole week, this whole week it's been, oh, yeah, the fight's on. Oh, no, it's not. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so let's take a minute here. Assume the fight is on. Jared, what do you expect from this fight? Um, I hate to say more of the same. It's so hard to tell because you don't. There's guys I fought five years ago that it's a completely different fight. You put us in the ring together today. Ten years ago, totally different fight. Fifteen years ago. Who who knows what kind of shape they're in right now? 
I have bullies that manhandled me in my childhood years that don't want to see me today. That one was personally very funny for me. <laughs> but um, but at the end of the day, it's like, so Holyfield always had this guy num this guy's number. If styles make fights and we get, you know, shadows of what we've always had. If you force me to bet I'm taking Holyfield, but has his age deteriorate him to to a point that he can't even get to that spot Tyson is, there's really no way to tell until you see him in there. Joe, what do you think of the grandpa matchup? Look, put it to you like this. Uh, Holyfield versus Tyson three, I'm not interested. Okay. Um, I remember in the 90s how much I wanted that fight to happen. And uh, it's funny. We were just talking about Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson. Tyson was going to beat Buster Douglas, and then he was going to fight the real deal. That's what was going to happen. It was going to be epic for boxing. Instead, Tyson lost. Uh, Holyfield went about uh, beating Buster Douglas up uh, about six months later, and Tyson went to jail. And by the time these guys actually got into the ring, it was November of 1996 and June of 1997. Mike Tyson was no longer iron. He was pretty rusty at that point. Aluminum um, Mike Tyson. May 29th, 2021. I just think to myself, is that much further away from this ever from being a fight <laughs> I would care about? <laughs> this is... I mean, dude, in 97, the, the, the ship had already sailed in 97. It would, you want to tack on 40 years and make me pay 50 bucks to watch it? No. I love both of these guys a lot. Not doing it. In 1996, I was a sophomore in high school, and I thought yeah. I kind of missed the mark. They had already missed the boat, dude. Today, that fight I'm was thinking, already you know, that fight was already like four years too late when they fought it the first time, and it was a disaster. That's hilarious. Oh. that's really funny. That's and I agree. Like it's hard to get fired up about a fight like that, you know. I'll watch this though. I'm not gonna lie. I really like Tyson and Holyfield. I'm gonna watch it, but again. I mean, this, of course we are. This is hold proof on. of scrub scraps well, more on. than anything else. I, yes, this is exactly what we'll that watch. should be. Jared, Jared, here's the thing. Don't call it Tyson Holyfield 3. This is not the trilogy to two fights that where Tyson was already so far out of the game that it, 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 it didn't even matter. This is, this is a fun exhibition between two arch rivals who have now become really good friends this is about Mike Tyson continuing his tour from psychopath to beloved uh, pop culture icon. The the turnaround Mike Tyson has made in our lifetime, Jared, is stunning. To go from a, a convicted rapist who, who watched his entire career go down the toilet to starring in The Hangover and starting this like Papa Scrub Scraps group where, you know what I mean? We love Mike yeah. Tyson again. And and so, again, Tyson Holyfield, to see them will be fun. To watch them pull punches for eight rounds or whatever nonsense this is going to be, that's not going to be fun. 
Hey, maybe, I, I, maybe if we're lucky, Mike takes a chomp out of Evander. <laughs> I just made this up. Uh, do you know what Evander said when Mike called him up and said, hey, I have an idea. You got a minute? You know what Evander said? Yeah, I'm all here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing about this fight that I did with Tyson and Jones. Uh, I'm not going to pay to watch Grandpa's fight. Plain and simple. I'm going uh, to figure it out. I'll, I will watch it, but uh, I'm not, playing, not paying to watch Grandpa's fight. But let's move on to some more interesting news. Misha Tate is returning to the UFC uh, July 17th to take on Mari, Mar, uh, Marion Renault, former bantamweight champ. Can Joe, I'm going to start off with you. Can Misha Tate get back to the championship? No. No, I, no. I, I mean, I'm, I like Misha Tate. I'm glad to see Misha Tate back. I'm sure they'll give her an opportunity uh, to, to fight for a belt. Uh, as soon as it's conceivable, but I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I just don't feel like uh, she was never great. You know, she was good. She was always very, very good. Uh, she was, uh, to me, one of those people who uh, couldn't take the people at the next level. You know, obviously for her, most of the time that was Ronda Rousey, uh, which, you know, that's just not fair. But I think um, I don't know. I think her. I think she's just a little too shop worn at this point to really make a difference. I'll be honest. She's two years younger than uh, Baturbiev. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a uh, beast. Jessica he beat. On that. Misha Tate beat Holly Holm, Jessica yep. I, Sarah McMahon, Liz Carmouche. Nobody at the top of the game. Nobody at the top. Nobody at what? the tippity tippity top. Holly Holm, Holly I, Liz Carmouche. <laughs> Holly Holm is her signature win. I mean, give me a break. Losses one, one are Rousey, Rousey, Zangano, News, and yes. Pennington. Right. Cause Sarah Kaufman in her eighth fight. This is this is this is a good fighter though, Joe. They, you she's a good. I just said oh, she's a good fighter. I said he's a good fighter. I said they'll they'll fast track her to a championship. I'm sure they'll do that. Whether she'll win that or not, it depends on obviously who the opponent is. But I don't know. I've never I've never really been blown away by her. Um, maybe because most of the fights I've seen her in were the Rousey fights. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Can she fight there? Probably not. Can she get there? Yes. Uh, six right now is Juliana Pena. Is that a good fight? Aspen Lads at three in that weight class. You don't think 34-year-old Misha Tate versus Aspen Lads? Holly Holm is two. She already beat Holly Holm. And then Duran and mine and Nunes. I don't want to see her fight Nunes right now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but there, the rest listen, of the Misha, girls in Misha that division, Tate, I think the rest Misha of that Tate division is weak back. enough to where she could make a run. She's back with the intent that they want to get her a shot at the championship. And it makes sense. She's a name. Mm. I, I Again, I like her. I think she's a good fighter. I saw it, and I was like, no, that's cool. I like Misha Tate. I'm not blown away by it. Um She's not beating Amanda Nunes. She's not going to beat Shevchenko. So, again, I don't know. I'm just saying 
Holly Holm is is a great win for her. The the the, the best fight of her life. <laughs> but Devchenko has Tate. no trouble with uh, Tate. Yeah, None listen, They're they're gonna fast track Tate to a belt. And I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't answer the question because I just don't know. I don't like when people have long layoffs. Not a big fan of that. We've seen it. That has generally, right? Conor McGregor. Everyone, go oh, Conor's back. He's just going to whoop everybody's ass. Well, it doesn't and work that way. he didn't have two children during that layoff either. Right. And he fair. didn't have humans fall out of him. You know, it seems like he got into other humans from what I heard. But, you know, again. He I almost just, had that happen at the bar, though. Yeah. Little humans almost fell out of him, apparently. That's correct. Um, lots of them. Millions at a time. But um, <laughs> I'm glad Misha oh, Tate's back. I think Misha Tate's a good fighter. If I made myself clear, I think she's going to get a title shot. I just am not. And have never really been like she's awesome. I'm like I like Misha Tate. She's a lot of fun. This is I'm 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 personally partial because this is the girl that kind of uh, brought yeah. my yes. This is the girl it that helped. kind of brought my wife into the fight game. Between the um, Ultimate Fighter Rousey versus Tate, um, yeah. that was one of her first real experiences with being very interested in the fight game. You know. Um, and so Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey kind of build that up. So to have her coming back is personally exciting for me. I think I like Tate a little bit more than you do. Uh, but, uh, I think, I think she can compete here. Maybe not at the top of the game. She might, she might be able to give Shevchenko some trouble. I, I don't think she could beat her. I'm not picking Tate in either one of those fights, but she fights a Pena or she fights, a um, um, other girl I was just looking at? Aspen Ladd? <laughs> Aspen think, Ladd? Yeah, she can beat Aspen Ladd. That's exactly what Thank they're going to do. They're going to line her up for a couple fights like that, get some hype behind it. Again, this is a great name for the female for the female game right here. This is a, this is a good name. You want names like this. It, it does make a big difference. It does bring a little more excitement to it. I would much rather see Amanda Nunes fight Misha Tate than Megan Anderson. I, I want to know who my opponent is. I want to know a little bit about them. I want I want to feel like it's somebody who's had an impact in the sport. And Misha Tate certainly has done that. But just saying, I I'm not super jazzed about it. I'm happy, but I'm not like this is going to be huge because it's not. Oh, and he's right. Tony's right. She's not getting past news of Shevchenko, mm -hmm. but it's a name that will get interest. And the fan, I think, a competitive name. It's not just a name. I don't think right. she, this isn't Tyson Holyfield. I mean, she'll be competitive. When right. when they pick her fights for her, she'll wish she will be competitive in them. I, I'm a fan. I actually, the more and more I think about this, the more I'm with Joe. Like, I, I'm not that impressed with this. I'm, I'm not that excited for this. Because if you think about it, Misha Tate, like, the sport of women's MMA in general has evolved so much since she's been gone. She was like Ronda Rousey was able to do a, do what she did because she was so good at one aspect with that judo. That was and her then, toughest fight in her prime at Ronda Rousey's best. The only person no, she struggled with was Misha Tate. You're right. 
But then that ha- – so Ronda Rousey used just her judo to get by pretty much. Correct? Okay. Then you have Holly Holm, big-time kickboxer. She gets the knockout of uh, of Ronda Rousey. And then she's still a white belt. And then Misha Tate gets her title shot. So she wrestles her. And then you bring in Amanda Nunes, who is this – who is the new breed of women's MMA fighter who does everything well, and she destroys her. And I think this fight with Marion Renault is very is, – is not as favorable to Misha Tate as everyone thinks. Uh, I would have liked to see Misha Tate get like a striker or someone that she could take down and utilize her wrestling because it, that's pretty much all she has. Unless she has, oh. a, in the midst of having two babies, expanded her game to – Make it more uh, favorable to today's day and age. Uh, I just don't think that that's what's going to happen. Marion Renault is very good on the ground. We know what Misha Tate's going to want to do. She's going to want to wrestle. So I, I think this is a very tough matchup for her. But if she can get over with, get over this, I, I, I like her, and I think she can possibly get to the title. Will she win it? Probably not. Probably but not. <laughs> but she could get there. Yeah, agreed then. We're all kind of on the same page. Yes, yes. All right. Now, let's get to some fun. Who you got? I was scrolling through Instagram, and uh, Top Rank is doing, since it's March and March Madness, they have a tournament of the best boxing movies. I thought we'd take it a step further. What is the greatest combat sports movie of all time? Joel, start with you. The answer is very simple. It's Rocky IV. Uh, It was the movie both 1985 and the Cold War needed. It was sad to say goodbye to Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed, but if he dies, he dies. The soundtrack is on another level. A lot of Survivor songs on there. Uh, The Russians standing on their feet cheering Rocky on. And no one knows this. Uh, Ivan Drago was sent to the Gulag right after that fight, never to be seen again. Apollo Creed was avenged. My brother thought that movie was over you the didn't top. You did see Creed too, dude. Relax. Did you just say over the top? That's not a combat movie, Joe. Come on. You like that? Uh, my brother was like, dude. Between Paulie's robot and Mikhail Gorbachev cheering, he says Rocky One's the greatest number uh, movie of all time. Um, I have that as number two on my list. And uh, after uh, Rocky four and Rocky one, the rest of my list is the other Rocky movies. You could put them in any order you want. All right. My top five is all Rocky. <laughs> I like it. Jared, what you got? Um, I decided to go a little bit of a different direction with this. Um, <laughs> I think Rocky's the obvious. Um, I got to say I'm with Tony here. I'll go one, then four, then three, two, five, Creed, or whatever. Yeah. Maybe five, probably five after Creed. You could um, just move them around. It doesn't matter. Yeah, shuffle them or whatever. But um, so I decided since that was, uh for me, such an obvious pick to go with some of the less obvious picks that maybe the casual fans haven't seen that are, were really like influential to to uh, me and my journey. They are uh, Digstown. Do you remember Digstown? There's a boxing movie called Digstown uh, with Lou, uh, no, um, Lou Gossett. 
and a hustler. They put on this big hustle, this big uh, con. He says he's a con man. The difference between a hustler and a con man is a hustler has to get out right after the show's over and a con man can stay as long as he wants. Digs down. Can fight 10 men in a day. Great movie. Um, Cinderella Man. You guys have done Cinderella Man? Oh, that's a good one. That's a, I watched yeah. that in history class in high school. Yeah, yeah. When he said milk, man. First time I saw that, well, I'm fighting for milk, I guess. <laughs> um, and Gladiator. There was a movie called Gladiator with... Um, Russell Crowe? Nope. No, not that. Gladiator. No, it was a boxing movie. It had um. Oh man, who's the black guy that cries in all of his movies? What a description! Yeah, you should know oh, the answer to that. Uh, yeah, uh, what's his face? Um, I know who you're talking about. Luke Luke Gossett. Is Cuba Luke Gooding Junior's his name. Excuse me. Oh, Cuba Gooding. Oh, right, right. Cuba Gooding. Brian Dennehy played the uh, promoter, the boxing promoter in the movie. Great movie, Gladiator. It's a great, great movie. So, yeah, it sounds like I did a pretty good job of picking, picking some random movies that people hadn't seen that are really good boxing movies. Gladiator and Digstown. Now you guys have homework. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> All right. Those are awesome movies. Those are oh, both no, no really entertaining and probably stand the test of time. No, I, I definitely... I'm gonna I'm look into those because I love boxing movies and I, I just I love movies in general. But the one thing when I was scrolling through Instagram and I looked at that name bracket, a movie Cuba Gooden doesn't cry in just to just to relieve myself any speculation here. There isn't one. Okay, all right, go on. I'll just check. <laughs> okay. But, uh, this movie got knocked out in the first round of whatever that top rank bracket was, and that is disrespectful. Raging Bull, Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese. What the hell? Like this is one of the greatest movies ever. Yeah, it's a great movie. Fair. Yeah, if that doesn't make the Sweet Sixteen, I'm questioning you know, your brackets. You know what? Yeah, sure. The reason why, uh, I mean, obviously, look, that's not just a good boxing movie. That's just a, good that's just movie. a great movie, period. So yeah. I, when you say when you say sports combat, I understand that's the premise of the movie, but I wasn't thinking like that because that's an actual movie. That's an actual film, a Scorsese film. There's a little more to it than that. It's a little more nuanced, but that's a great pick. Oh, I like that pick, yeah. I mean, it's a great, great pick. You picked Rocky IV because it isn't just about boxing. It's about the Cold War. Like, So you, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, There's always going to be other stuff, you know? You never got as me down, Ray. You never as, got me down, Ray. As, My as brother's as name Jason is Ray. Goes. My older brother's name is Ray. And I got to tell you, if I got nothing from that movie other than that, I got that. I just got De Niro. <laughs> you never got me down, Ray. I could say that uh, forever. I just love that line. Uh, all right. Now, let's get in to the good stuff. Let's preview. I mean, let's preview tonight's fights. Starting off, interim WBC heavyweight champion Alexander Povetkin takes on Dillian White. Joe, break it down. 
All right, Dillian White's 32 years old, 6'4", 78-inch reach. He's 27-2 with 18 knockouts. He was born in Jamaica, raised in London. He got into kickboxing at an early age to avoid street life, became the K-1 super heavyweight champion before he switched over to boxing, where he amassed an amateur record of 6-0, including a win over Anthony Joshua. He turned pro in 2011, went 9-0 and before getting caught with PEDs. He got banned until 2014. Upon his return, he won seven fights in a row, all by way of knockout, before running into longtime professional and personal rival Anthony Joshua. He rocked him several times early before getting knocked out with an uppercut. After signing with Eddie Hearn, White was able to rebuild and get some impressive wins over the likes of Dave Allen, Derek Chisera, and Robert Helenas for the WBC Silver Belt, while that made him the number one mandatory challenger for Deontay Wilder, a position he held for close to three years. And although White and Hearn were unable to get Wilder and Al Heyman to agree to a fight, he was able to rack up more wins, all by way of knockout over Lucas Brown, Chisora again, and wins over Oscar Rivas and former WBO champion Joseph Parker with a title shot against new WBC champ Tyson Fury in sight. White fought veteran contender Alexander Povetkin in an all-action fight that saw Povetkin get dropped twice. White was knocked out cold by an uppercut, set up by a feint to the body. A counterpuncher with a solid jab and power in both hands, the body snatcher uses vicious body shots and relentless pressure to disrupt his opponent's rhythm and sap their energy to set up their powerful hooks and uppercuts. Alexander Povetkin, 41 years old, 6'2", a 75-inch reach. He is 36-2 with a draw, 25 knockouts. He was born in Russia. Povetkin was a highly decorated amateur standout, winning gold medals at the 2003 World and 2004 European Championships. Also picked up gold at the 2004 Athens Olympics. He finished his amateur career at 125-7. and seven. He turned pro in 2005, gained worldwide attention with a defeat over former Olympic star Larry Donald and former champion Chris Bird. He then challenged for the WBA regular title against Ruslan Chagavev, uh, winning a unanimous decision, defending that belt four more times, including a knockout of Haseem Rockman, and then challenged unified heavyweight champ Vladimir Klitschko, losing via unanimous decision. Over the next four years, he got back into title contention with wins over Carlos Tankum and David Price. And in 2018, challenged new unified champ Anthony Joshua after a fast start that saw uh, the Russian break Joshua's nose. Povetkin gassed out early and was stopped in the seventh round. Uh, in August of last year, he challenged Dillian White for his WBC silver belt, getting dropped twice before landing that uppercut heard around the world. He's a seasoned professional. Povetkin is a slick. Boxing pressure fighter with a great jab, really good feints to set up the powerful left hook in the uppercut. He's only been defeated twice, both times against the very elite in the division. Uh, he did recently take some time out of training to recover from a severe case of COVID-19. So his conditioning in this fight very well could be a factor. Um, this is a must-win fight for both of these guys, but especially for Povetkin, who at 41 probably only has one more title run left in him. Uh, you have to assume that whoever wins this fight is next in line after all of the Fury Joshua fights. Oh yeah, well, sure. I don't. Uh, I don't see the one of them winning those fights. No, I am. Um, <laughs> those two guys will beat these two guys. Um, I like Pavekin in the fight. I think he's a slightly better boxer, and I'll always 
almost always go with the boxer over the brawler uh puncher and um i think that's what we have here uh, uh slightly better pedigree for pavetkin slightly better boxer and i expect him to outwork white and uh outpoint him and win the fight might be a knockout might be by decision but um i white will have to knock him out and i'm not sure he can do that i don't think he can outpoint him i don't think white can outpoint pavetkin yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I I think I just yeah, you gotta go Pavekin here. I feel like I've just seen more. He's I mean he's got yeah, I, I'm going Pavekin. Uh Dillian White's great, but he is he can never get past that one step, you know? There's the what this could be that one fight where he could go and get the title shot and people might know his name, but I just don't think it is. I, I think this He's just right there, but he can't ever make that one step. And I, I think Pavetkin, he's just a tiny bit over. He's obviously got, like you said, Jared, he can outpoint him. He's a better boxer. Yeah, I think Pavetkin's going to win. Joe, who you got? I think, um, uh, you know, initially I was thinking about White, and I think I've convinced myself to take Pavetkin. I'm gonna say um, uh, some kind of tenth roundish stoppage. This doesn't go the distance. Um, I not necessarily a knockout. I think, I think something happens here. I don't know. Just a weird feeling. That's where I'm going. Fourth knockout in the fourth for Pavekin. I think they'll get these guys. I think these guys will touch each other. Like you have to take the under, you know. But uh, yeah. The least likely is Dillian White by decision. Yes. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Uh, but, all right. That, that's going to be a great fight. But l l let's talk about what everyone's talking about. But first, let's have Tony give us his tale of the tape. All right, guys, tonight on pay-per-view, we have the most important fight of the year as heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic makes another historic defense of his title against the most feared man in MMA, the hard-hitting Francis Ngannou. Let's break it down. Stipe Miocic, 38 years old. He's 6'4", 233 pounds with an 80-inch reach. He's 20-3 and three with 15 knockouts. Widely considered the greatest heavyweight champion in UFC history with four title defenses over two reigns, Stipe also holds the record for most wins in heavyweight title fights and the most fight night bonuses at nine. The current number three pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the sport was born in Ohio to Croatian immigrants and encouraged to play sports as a child, playing baseball, football, and wrestling while in high school. He went on to become a Division II baseball player, a Division I wrestler, and a Golden Gloves boxing champion while studying to become a paramedic. He started fighting professionally in 2010, and after six consecutive knockouts, he signed a multi-fight deal with the UFC in 2011. He began to quickly ascend the rankings, and aside from losses to Stefan Struve and Junior Dos Santos, he had impressive wins over Roy Nelson and Gabriel Gonzaga while knocking out the likes of Fabio Maldonado, Mark Hunt, and Andre Arlovsky. In 2016, he had a shot against UFC champion Fabricio Verdum, which saw Stipe become the champion via a short right hook counter as Verdum was charging in with a flurry. In his first defense, he chased Alistair Overeem all over the octagon before tackling him and blasting out the ream 
with a vicious ground and pound. He then got his revenge against Junior Dos Santos, dropping him in the first round and following up with heavy shots from above. In his historic third title defense, he took on the powerful and intimidating Francis Ngannou. In one of the most impressive displays of skill and professionalism, Stipe thoroughly dominated Ngannou with strikes, clinches, and takedowns, often making the Predator look amateurish, as he was only able to land two strikes over the last three rounds. In his fourth defense, he shockingly lost to light heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier via first-round knockout. He avenged that loss twice, wearing out DC with brutal body shots before finishing him with a series of uppercuts and then winning a dominant unanimous decision to end out their epic trilogy. Francis the Predator and Ganu, 34 years old, 6 foot 4, 260 pounds with an 83-inch reach. He's 15 and 3 with 11 knockouts. Growing up in abject poverty in Cameroon, he worked in a sand quarry and took up boxing at age 22. Moving to France at age 26 to pursue a career in MMA, he slept on the streets of Paris until he made enough money to support himself. He turned pro in Europe in 2013 and made his UFC debut in 2015 via second-round knockout. In his next fight, he stopped Curtis Blades, gaining the attention of Dana White and was heavily promoted and quickly stepped up in competition, scoring a Kimura over Anthony Hamilton, a quick KO of veteran Andre Arlovsky, and a wild uppercut knockout of Alistair Overeem. In his first title shot, he was thoroughly outclassed by champion Stipe Miocic, and still reeling from the psychological effects of that loss, he dropped a unanimous decision to Derek Lewis in a tentative snooze fest considered one of the worst fights in UFC history. He came back five months later and has gone on an impressive run that has seen him dispatch his last four opponents in under two minutes and 42 seconds, including a 45-second knockout of Curtis Blades, a 26-second knockout of Cain Velasquez, a 1-minute and 11-second blitz of Junior Dos Santos, and a wild 20-second bludgeoning of Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Has the Predator been able to work on his cardio and takedown defense? Can he shake off the psychological effects of the first fight? Can he add Stipe to his growing list of first-round knockouts? Or will this be a repeat of the first fight, another dominant victory in the now semi-legendary career of perhaps the greatest and most complete heavyweight champion in the history of MMA? Tune in tonight to the most highly anticipated fight of the year to find out. Thank you very much for that, Tony. And boy, oh boy, am I excited. <sighs> heavyweight UFC heavyweight fighting. Like it doesn't get better than that. It does not. So I'm glad we brought him on, man. Tony's those are getting better every week. Those Seriously? Those are yeah, better. right. I'm, yeah, man. Yeah, and hey, uh, yeah, thanks again, Tony. And um, can you can just like rewind everything I said about Pavekin and White and replay it here? This will not be in Ganu by decision. That's the least likely thing to happen. Stipe's a <laughs> slightly better technical fight. All of those same things and apply them to this fight. Um, I'll take Stipe. And yeah. again, probably by knockout. Probably not going to go the distance. I think these guys will touch each other and Stipe will finish him. I, you know, uh, I'm shocked. He, uh, Stipe was uh, not favored in the first fight. And despite being the greatest heavyweight in UFC history, he's not favored in this one either. And I just for the life of me would ask anybody who thinks Francis Ngannou is going to win this fight. How do you think that's going to happen? Because if you watch that first fight and I've watched it three times this week, 
he hit Stipe Miocic with his big punch three times. Caught him flush three times. Stipe's knees never buckled. Stipe never, he never got hurt in this fight at all. When Nganu was on the ground, Stipe used his amazing athletic abilities and those All-American high school wrestling skills to, abs- I mean, dude, he couldn't get up. Nganu could not get up. He couldn't figure out how to get up. It's not like Stipe was doing some Brazilian jiu-jitsu move. He was literally in half guard. And Nganu couldn't get up. If anybody thinks that this clown, unless he connects on, and again, he's hit Stipe with him. Didn't work. This is the same thing, Fury and Wilder. You hit me with your best punch. I got up. Now what do you got? Nothing. Stipe's going to destroy Nganu. I was reading an article, and Ganu might be on his way to having the best year in, in the history of the sport. <laughs> Boy, I mean, ESPN, man, when they get on the hype train, they can convince a lot of people of a lot of nonsense. Oh. And Ganu landed two punches in the last three rounds of the first fight. I dare say Stipe is a better fighter than when they first fought. Better. And Ganu. Still is a one-trick pony. He's hit Stipe with his big, his one pony. Didn't do anything. So unless Nganu's learned to wrestle, and and you could listen, I, people. He fought Curtis Blades. He fought Julius. He's fought some wrestlers. The fights were thirty seconds. Nobody wrestled. Nobody wrestled. So way off here. Francis Ngannou has got to know, dude. I mean, his his chances of winning this fight are like 1%, especially if he's only going to land like a dozen punches in the entire fight. I, I just don't I, I don't see a path to victory for Francis How? Ngannou. Again, we did see over the last couple months, we've seen some of these big blasters, Rosenstrike and, 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 and Derek Lewis putting guys out with that one trick. I think Stipe is too too high to a too high a ring IQ. I think he's too talented. I think he's been around way too long where he's going to get caught with that punch. That could happen to Curtis Blades. I can happen to some of the other guys. That's not going to happen to Stipe. It just isn't. Um, I think this is going to be a long, horrible night for Francis Ngannou. I think it's going to be a lot like the first fight. I think you're right. I think Stipe is specifically looking to take Nganu out. He really should have finished him in the first fight, probably in the third round, had him again in the fourth, and then played it easy in the fifth. I easily think Stipe could take this guy out in two or three rounds and call it a night. Totally agree. I'm not mad at that. There, there have been four fights in Stipe's career. He has not been favored. Verdum. First fight with Nganu, second fight with DC, and then the third fight with DC was a pick'em. He's won all of those fights. This will be the fifth fight. He's not favored, but not so fast. I have Nganu getting it done. I, I think he's gonna before oh, that first fight. Are. No, before <laughs> that, listen, before that first fight they had a month prior, 
he knocked out. He had that devastating knockout of uh, over him. Yeah. So, and he even said himself, he he did not train. The, the, he took t- the time between Overeem and Stipe was his off time. He trained only for Overeem, and he said in, his ba- in the back of his mind, he knew Stipe was coming up. So he would also also train a little bit for that. That's that's where the problem is. Problem, and then once he figured that out, once he figured out he's not this monster, he's not. He is susceptible. He's a human being. Once he figured out that, then we saw that play out with the Derek Lewis fight. And then from that from that point forward, Ngannou's gotten his stuff together. Let me. Oh, I just put that him. comment up. Put that comment up because it's great. That the, what Tony just said is perfect, perfect uh, comparison. This one, Not this that. One. This one? Uh, the people that think – there you go. Um, uh, Rosenstruck versus Gone. And what did I say? Windows. This Gone kid closes the windows. He doesn't give you a lot of opportunities to knock him out. He's got a pretty good chin when you do. Stipe is going to have a lot less windows to throw a punch in that could knock him out than Ngannou does. So he's just going to get hit more, and he's just more likely to go to sleep. That's a really, really insightful comment. It's the same type of fight. Close I, the windows. I get that, but also Stipe has been at the top of the heavyweight division for so long. But the three title defenses is the most in heavyweight history. That's a reason. There's a reason for that. Heavyweights are they're, – they're heavyweights. Anything can happen. And I think now is Ngannou's time. L- let me read this to you. In the la- the, Ngannou has knocked out his last four opponents – in a combined two minutes and 42 seconds, Tony mentioned that. In that time, you could have microwave popcorn. Well, while you were microwaving popcorn, he was knocking out four people. While you were switching your laundry, <laughs> he was knocking out four people. While you were taking out your trash, he was knocking out four people. While you were getting dressed, he was knocking out four people. While you are making a cup of coffee, he was knocking out four people. You, you get the point. This is a new Nganu, and I, I think he took a lot for granted. He... He knows that it isn't just his power. And, I mean, I think he's learned. And even if you do look at these last four fights, it isn't just like he's coming out brawling. He is – there is a little bit more finesse. There is a little bit more of a setup to his strikes. And he – I think he does understand how to – the no stamina thing. I I get that, Tony. And – but yes, I, and I he's done nothing How to long improve. Is that? Two minutes on... and twenty-eight seconds. Hang on a second. What was 40... the total time for the four months? Two four minutes fights? forty-two seconds. Okay, so two minutes twenty-eight seconds is Ronda Rousey's first four fights. Surely she would beat Ngano. We no, but that's the thing. That's the thing, there, Jared. <laughs> is Ronda Rousey with? Ngannou was basically Ronda Rousey going into that Stipe fight. So full of himself, thinks he's undefeated, he's unbeatable, but he took that loss, and he learned from that loss. And Did we he? saw how, yeah, we've we seen him grow. We, we, 
We've seen him. You've grow. seen him grow in what? Four fights that went forty seconds each. What are you talking no, about? I'm saying, look at what happened. He it was that stupid lock. Then he went to the, went to that Lewis, and we we that Lewis fight. Everyone said, okay, Ngannou's done. With uh, he's mentally broken. Everything's he's never going to be right again. And then he comes and he does. He knocks people out before they can make popcorn to watch the fight. Just like he did, but like Tony said, just like he did before Stipe. Right. And this, this guy that he's fighting, that though, gets Stipe again. He's learned from that loss. He understands. He, he he went through the, like, with Ronda, she lost, and then she just fell off the face of the earth. This guy's been trying. He's been coming. He's been working to get back to the it top. Lo- it looks like he's handled it better than Wilder. Okay. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, on the I, surface. Okay. Like, <laughs> I think he's just at the top of the game right now. And Miocic, while since that last fight, he's had three fights with DC. DC's great, but DC's also 40 years old in all three of those fights. So, like, I think Nganu. I think it's a passing of the torch now. I think Stipe's time has come and gone as the top of the heavyweight. And I think now is Ngannou's time. I said what I said, and I'm sticking to it. All right. You also and said we'll be back Hooker. for a recap next week. Yeah, you also said Maurice Hooker was going to beat Ortiz Jr. <laughs> what are you kidding me? Dude, I, I mean – I don't think I could have explained this to you any better. If you were a betting man, we were about to play some bets, and I just had that conversation with you like, hey, look, here's all the reasons Stipe is going to beat Nganu. And you were like, yeah, I'm going to put my money on the other guy. I would slap you. I'm like, what? what? Didn't I just explain this to you? Dude, do you understand that at no point is, is Stipe going to be in any sort of trouble against Nganu? As I mentioned, Ngannou's already hit him with the big with the big thunder. It didn't do anything to Stipe. I mean, he, he just three three battles with DC, bro. He this is the, one of the the toughest guys ever, and he's a fireman when he's not doing this. He's like putting he kicks fires ass the rest of the time. He's not in the ring. I get that. How how could you even? What do you think is going to happen? When's Nganu going to throw this bomb of a punch? I want to be ready. It was the first round. First first 20 <laughs> seconds, you think Stipe's going to run in like no. a dumb... Oh, Dude, <laughs> I think... My, my point, this isn't Curtis Blades. This isn't 85-year-old Junior Dos Santos. This isn't like 45-year-old Cain Velasquez. This is like the real deal. This is the best heavyweight of all time. You just talked about how disrespected he is. How he's always not the favorite in his fights, and all he does is dispatch people from whence they came. Mm. No, and Ganu is gonna need a miracle. He's gonna need Stipe to slip on a banana peel. <laughs> a banana peel. Somebody better throw a banana peel into that ring and hope Stipe slips because it's the only way Ngannou's going to get the opportunity to throw the thunder. And I'm telling you, from what I've seen in the first fight, he hit him with it three different times coming in. He could catch it. Now that leads me to believe it could happen. Jared, Jared, he caught him three times in the first fight. I've watched this fight twice this week. 
I watched it in its entirety two times, and I was struck at how many times Stipe went in and Ngannou, boom! And Stipe just wrapped him up and took him to the ground and then controlled the fight. And then... I just don't see it. I, uh, there we go. Ngannou is the UFC's Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Uh, skill matters when you're fighting a skilled guy. You can knock out knockout guys. You're not going to be a, 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 an all-around stud like Stipe with, with your one track. He knows you're trying to throw the big right. He doesn't have to even look for your left. He doesn't have to even look for it because you don't even throw it. There's no, way Ngannou, there's no way Ngannou wins the fight, Jace. There's 0% chance. If you want to bet on him, knock yourself well, out. Th there's no way Ngannou th – that's what you said? Correct. Last time you said that was Blackwitz Adesanya. I did. So thank you for that. But I did. I did say that, and I was wrong. Yeah. I could so, be wrong. History tends hey, to Joe, I sent, you, uh, I sent you a picture for next Saturday. To your phone, uh, some some for for Jace to have. For uh, it's a picture of a crow on a plate. There's a fork. I love a knife. it. Jace, I Listen. applaud you for picking Ngannou. And again, when I say there's no chance he wins, the chance is like actually about 0.05 percent. Yes, there could be a banana peel that gets into the <laughs> ring, and Stipe could slip, and Ngannou might knock him out. It's seven not, to ten. Uh, I'd say seven to ten percent, but he should not be the underdog. Correct. I think it's preposterous that he comes in as the underdog because, look, this guy's got all the tools. And again, unless unless Nganu slips him, and this is not a guy that gets slipped. He's too good. And again, he's been slipped by Nganu, and he's handled it like a champion. So Can even I tell if you he... how bad this is? We're five out of six between the three of us for these two fights. Pavetkin's also the underdog. Twelve dollars. Yeah. Parlayed Pavetkin and Stipe for a hundred. That's how far these guys are underdog. You can take Stipe and Pavetkin twelve dollars wins you a hundred. Yeah, well I'm betting. Uh, that's, that's actually crazy. If and DC <laughs> could knock out Miocic, Inganu can and will. Um, Inganu's the future. That was like the Strew fight was a million years ago. So stop that. I mean, and got a loss to a nobody when he first got into it. Let's not let's not bring up let's not bring up nonsense fights. Okay. And the, so the DC Cormier, can knock him off. A forty year old DC can knock him out. Ngannou can. Daniel Cormier is an insanely better fighter than Francis Ngannou. Insanely better, like three That's levels true. up. On Inganu. Are you but who serious? Hits harder? But who hits harder, Joe? Uh, I'll explain this to you one more time. Nganu hit Stipe with his punch three times in the first fight. And he couldn't make Stipe's knees buckle. After a month of doing nothing. After a month of not training. Bro, Stipe was like fighting fires days before the fight. He didn't running up and down buildings. Ngannou did not train wrestling for Stipe because he thought I was going to come in and just put him to sleep. He's okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Great. So you think he learned how to wrestle? You think that? <laughs> you think Ngannou no, learned how to no, wrestle? I think he's actually coming in 
Well, regardless, well, then, the hold on. Do you think do you think Stipe's gonna stand there and go toe to toe and throw punches with Nganu? Even because he's not. Ngannou you know that, right? Did not prepare right for the last fight. Stipe still could not finish him, and I think Nganu knows that, and I think Nganu is gonna utilize that, and I think I, I think Nganu is a lot better now than he was then. And Ganu looked like he had never been in a ring in his life before that fight. <laughs> I mean, all he could have, all he, I mean, Jace, he's a different I don't think, fighter. I don't think you could have looked and now, and then. for the number one contender. I don't think you could have looked any worse in that fight. That was, that was like probably the worst thing I've ever seen in a championship fight for, for a, a number one contender to put out. That was oh, pathetic. His scrub scrap would be Kamu. Kamu <laughs> and Ganu. Yeah. All right, you guys go out. <laughs> I mean, dude, he couldn't get up off the ground. Th that's a problem. And then when he couldn't and he didn't trade. Up, he it all before Jace, it, though. Jace. This is Jace, Kevin Holland. He, this is Kevin Jace. Holland without the attitude problem. Hold on. You're <laughs> saying he didn't train, but you act like he like he knows how to wrestle and he's good at it because he's not. This is a guy that started fighting when he was 22. And he only did it because he hits people really hard. And we've proven that your brain, brain plasticity isn't the same at that age to be able to get into the fight game unless you're at a lower level. At this level, if you started at 22, you're at a significant disadvantage just because of the way you learned. You ever see a 20-year-old try to learn how to ride a bike? Put a 20-year-old and a 7-year-old on a bike and start teaching them both at the exact same time. You ever see the study where they put the bike on backwards? This has nothing to do with fighting, but it's some fascinating stuff. The guy reworks the middle of the of the handlebar between the bike and the tire so that when you turn this way, the tire goes that way. And when you turn this way, the tire goes that way. So that you had to readjust your brain to be able to have the handlebars going the opposite direction of the way you were pulling. And it took him months and months. He's trying to ride this bike because the handlebars are backwards. He keeps falling over it. And then he tells his kid, I'm going to get you that toy you like if you learn how to ride this bike. And 12 days later, the kid's traveling down the street on the bike and wants a new, wants a new toy. And, stuff. and it, it's like total proof of how the brain works that it would just click. And this guy got right up back on a regular bike and couldn't ride it. He had to wait for his brain to kind of click back over into, the, into where he was reacting the way he should be. That's kind of how your brain grows. And watch it. It's 10, 15 minutes. Fascinating stuff. That's how your brain kind of grows and develops. So when you start something like that at 22, that's this complex that takes this kind of instinct and, and uh, reaction time, your brain plasticity has kind of already combed over to a certain point where there's parts of this you aren't going to be able to learn. It's why the hybrid fighters are so much better than the wrestler, boxer, jujitsu practitioner. Because at a young age, they started learning it at, at, as a, a like holistic fight game. You know, so they have skills that the other people don't have. I'm totally with Tony. And Ganu starting at 22 is a serious disadvantage. And you're talking about somebody like Stipe? You're just not going to have the technical skills you need. Jace, you say he can hit him with that punch and knock him out. He better because it's the only chance he has to win. Literally, it's the only thing he can do. Yeah. 
And wh- I, I'm, I'm telling you, if you're Stipe and you know there's nothing else coming, you watch most of the time, Angano will sort of, again, he's just sitting there waiting. To, like, any good fighter sees that. I just I have to not get hit with it. Or when I see it come and brace myself for it, which as I mentioned now eight times, he took three. Three times he took Ngannou straight to the face. Nothing. It didn't do anything to him. So I don't see where Ngannou got better. I see where he's won some fights, and it looks like he back to the same old, same old. What what got him the title shot in the first place was putting guys away who want to stand toe-to-toe with him. Joe, you just reminded me of King Hippo. Remember King Hippo from Punch-Out? Yes. Before his big punch came every time he'd go, wah, wah. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I get that. A decent fighter is going to make that adjustment. Yeah. Yes. Left, right, left. Left, right, left. That's all this guy can do. Left, right, left. Left, right, left. Yeah. That's and it. Little That's Mac all doesn't he have got. anything on Stipe. Again, you talked about Stipe being an all-American wrestler and a Golden Gloves boxer. I mean, dude, a trained boxer. Yeah, he's going to, he's, it's, I'm telling you, dude, don't set yourself up for failure here. It would be great if Nganu won the, the, what'd you say, the changing of the guard or whatever. I just don't think it's going to be Nganu. It's not going to be Nganu like it's not going to be Derek Lewis. Nobody wants to see that. It's, it's just, it's just not fun. And, and and I'll tell you, you know, I think Ngannou's getting old. I think he's getting old. And I think that eventually uh, when the power is completely gone, what is he going to be? And what's he going to do next in his life? That's the last thing to go now. As long as his as long as long his chin and brain doesn't turn into scrambled eggs, that, sure. that uh, power is going to be the last thing to go. You remember Foreman and more. I mean, Look, you stand too. Don't stand so close to me. <laughs> you get near an old man, that power stays up, uh, stays pretty sharp, pretty late in life. If you've ever had a seventy-year-old grab a hold of you, oh, oh. <laughs> the, dudes, the dude's in great shape. He's, he's. I mean, again, if it was, if we were just judging on physique, he'd be undefeated. Yeah, <laughs> but. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, to win these fights, him. you actually need skills. You need a skill set. You need to know how to grapple and strike and kick and do stuff. And he doesn't do any of those things except to strike. And again, it's oh, a, wow. ha, 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 and that's all you're getting. Stipe's going to dominate this fight. I, I, and I would, I would, I would guess that Stipe's probably going to try. I think when when he's controlling this fight on the ground. To literally ground and pound him like he did to Overeem and just put him out of his misery, uh, so we 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 uh, will have no doubt who the better fighter is because apparently there's some confusion, which shocks me. No, li- listen to me. I-, I get what you guys are all saying. This is I, I picked Stepe in the first fight, but but then something but you watched that first fight you got you thought you got lucky that no. he dominated five rounds and you're like no oh, no 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 he's saying that that this was a, a guy that was getting in the ring and just murdering everybody ran into that big matchup and made some adjustments and can come back he didn't wilder 
the situation. You know, he's he's he yeah. learned from it and yeah, won a but few he more did. fights since yeah, but then. He's did come back in. He did because I get lost, the argument. I don't know. He lost to Lewis right after his next fight was also uh uh you could see the the meant I mean this is very much wilder. Did he that not was ever part of his learning in his and now that there's a lot more like this isn't like there's a lot more going on with Wilder. I think Ngannou has a solid head on his shoulders. Yes, he does. Big difference. Yes. Let me tell you something about Francis Ngannou. As I as I researched him this week with my brother to to put that video together, he's an amazing human being. He does a lot of really great charity yes. work, foundations. He's really trying to make a difference in Cameroon. He's a national hero there, and I. I think the world of the guy. And and the more I, I watched and learned about him this week, the more impressed I was by him. And it just makes me feel oh, bad that he does. He's not going to win this fight. The The chances of winning this fight are really low. It, he's going to really have a hard time. I mean, again, to, to watch a guy in the first fight dominate somebody so badly, that, that to me, even if Nganu has like, five times better fight than he had in the first one. He's still going to be woefully short. It was that much of a domination, dude. Like I said, he was on the ground and he didn't know how to get up. He couldn't power up like he does to everybody else and was absolutely clueless as to what to do. Kevin Holland without the chatter. Yes. Kevin Holland without the chatter, just really confused, really struggling Again, at any point, dude, Stipe, if Stipe wanted to take chances and there was no reason for him to, dude, he could have taken Ngano out in that first fight. He had him in so many bad positions. And at one point, I think he put him in a crucifix and popped him a few times. I'm telling you, dude, that, that where he just held him like this. I mean, dude, what is this? Ngano, you're so strong. This, this is going to hold you down for four minutes. My hand on your neck. Like, what, what are you doing? Do you have Maybe any we idea should make how a to league. fight? Let's get a league together where the time the time it takes uh, it results in a pay cut. Like the longer the fight goes, the less money the fighters make. Ooh. I got to stop throwing these ideas just out there into the pot. Isn't that basically what like knockout of the night in that stuff? The, the well, kind of, you're giving bonuses for it, but it's just like, it's the fourth time I thought to myself that if you said, you know, when we used to talk about Khabib and I say Khabib will take two or three rounds, but he doesn't have to. If you told him he'd have one, he'd go in there and get the job yeah. done. If you told Stipe he had one round, five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, who knows how quick he could get it done. So it occurred to me, huh, what if there was some kind of financial burden that came with going the distance? Guys would not try to do it. They would be incentivized to go in there and try to make the fight shorter, which would in turn be more entertaining. And we wouldn't have the – who was the guys that just fought? Like Tony was saying, one of the most boring fights in history. They just stood there for, for a half hour. And it was – uh, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was uh, the, 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 uh, the celebrities too, Kimbo Slice and Dada. <laughs> That could have had like three heart attacks during that fight. <laughs> oh gosh, couldn't All have right. been more boring or more insanely hyped. What are, what are we doing here? No, yeah, yeah I get that, oh. but I, I don't think anyone. Look, 
the the da da Kimbo slice. That's that's it's not gonna be like that. But uh, all right, all right I think we get it. I'm still I'm still gonna stick with Nganu. Yeah, of course you, you guys are. aren't swaying That's me. Fine. We'll <laughs> be next week for crow, brother. I'll eat my crow. I'll be fine with that. I, I I've shown Joe I can eat my humble pie. He listen. I will say this about Jace. He he will certainly own up when he's wrong. The, the only thing that again, I spend so much time with my brother during the week putting this thing together so I could build a compelling case and we can lay this all out so you well informed on who these guys are. And despite my best efforts to lay it all out there for Jace, he interprets this video very differently than <laughs> most people. No, I, I, I don't know. It, it's funny when he first watched the video, the first he first thing he mentioned was um the the sand mill in Cameroon. <laughs> and I was like, he's gonna pick Nganu because of the sand. <laughs> ah. No. <laughs> I the big the big thing for me why I'm picking Nganu is because Stipe has been at the top of the heavyweight division so long. And people aren't – that isn't a thing. Like, no one has dominated this much because it's heavyweights. And anything right. can happen at heavyweight. Right. He got knocked out by DC. He got knocked out by DC because anything can happen in a heavyweight fight. And then they, yes. they, they, they went back and they re-ran it. And we now know after two more of those that Steve is a better fighter – than Cormier. We know this now. And again, I think we already know that Steve is better than Nganu. I think I think tonight he just proves it once and for all. <laughs> Nganu's not gonna win this, bro. I'm so sorry. Okay. All right, we will see. We will see. I'm excited for next week already. But <laughs> that, that's gonna do it for tonight's fights. We're gonna end the show like we always do. Jared. Hit us with that flurry, brother. Sometimes you just have to take a chance. The fight game forces you to improvise. It's a situation where the results of bad choices and good choices are immediate with almost no time to rethink them and zero chances to do them over. And this type of activity conditions the brain for such instances where sometimes you just have to take a chance. Dillian White will take on Alexander Povetkin tonight for one of the many heavyweight championships of the world. As an amateur, White had only six fights. At his very first amateur fight, his trainer wanted to pull him out because in the tournament he was seated against the top seed. And uh, Dillian White decided sometimes you just have, a, have to take a chance. He ended up winning his first amateur fight. Um, out of only six, and the guy that he beat in that first amateur fight would actually go on to win a gold medal and be a heavyweight champion and beat him as a professional. That guy's name is Anthony Joshua, Dillian White's 1-0 boxing amateur record contained a win over Anthony Joshua. Sometimes you just have to take a chance. Misha Tate is set to make a return to the octagon. A few years back, she went on vacation with her boyfriend, Brian, and his parents. They were scuba diving when Brian's mother rose to the surface of the water, not breathing. She was blue. Misha had to swim quite a ways to get to the boat, and when she did, Brian's mother still wasn't breathing. She was a severe asthmatic, and none of the attempts with her inhalers or CPR were working. She just wasn't breathing and was going to die. She was suffocating. 
At the last moment, Misha grabbed the inhaler, pushed 10 or so puffs into her own lungs, and then leaned in and forced them into the lungs of Brian's mother, who started breathing again and survived the scare. Misha Tate's quick thinking and improvisational skills saved that woman's life. Sometimes you just have to take a chance. Thanks, guys. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Colby. We'll float in Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on. Hold on. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Boy, oh boy. Thanks for thanks for the floor, Jared. Thank you, Joe and Jared, for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Tony, for your tale, Dave. Always great. Love those. And enjoy the fights tonight, guys. I'm excited. I'm excited to come back next week and with a big ass smile on my face because I proved all of you wrong. But uh, well, you know, and Ghana would have nice proved to us. see that. And Ghana would have proved us wrong. But yeah, gotcha. Oh yeah, Nganu's um, my boy. I, Anything he does, I remember I when that sure. smile hasn't come and Nganu before. So <laughs> I assume that's what'll happen again. Uh, that's why they fight the fights, dude. Right? That's why. I mean, yes, on paper, we could talk about it all day, but at the end of the day, it's about who goes in there and gets it done. So I think, listen, great fight, man. Great fights. I don't care who wins. Great fights tonight and all weekend long. So let's go get it. Hell yeah. Thank you guys for watching and listening, and we'll see you next Saturday for more Throwing Jabs. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.